0: Não tem mais ocupação. É só viver na janela,
1: namorando lampião.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the man in the black suit. We are at the Café Le Soflot and on the Rue de Saint-Jacques and uh, Rue Soflot, And we're drinking, uh, right now I'm drinking iced tea, believe it or not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm having some coffee with a little something something, I should say
0: at least you got a little something something going on <laughs>
1: this this is true and truthfully it's some rum chata not not very french but very fun well you know and, <laughs> and i'm seeing uh,
0: betty and Joni, hi ladies welcome welcome
1: yes hi ladies so happy you could join us
0: i hope you're hearing me okay let me know if you're if i'm not because I've got so many buttons that i got to push. I never know what to, if I've got it right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I actually just, <laughs> Betty says hi. <laughs> uh, I texted, can you hear us, just to make sure. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. Hello, hello. Great so, job, I, Pam. I see this.
0: Oh, sorry. That's my, uh, my vet calling to check to see how. Matilda is. She had a shot yesterday.
1: Aww. Just a booster. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm saying that
0: Betty is telling me I should be writing a book. You know, funny you should say that, Betty.
1: (laughs) I was was
0: in Barnes & Noble today and uh, uh, getting a Father's Day gift. And I happened to see a book that gives you 300 suggestions
1: and an area to write. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, I love it. Uh, it's like calling to me, and I'm like, I'm not going to get it today. I'm not going to get it today. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Funny, you funny, should. funny. That's right. That's right. I really think you should do it, Pam. You have so many stories to share. And I have to say, I thought about you um, because I I didn't watch all of them. I, I, we recorded it. I watched some of the Tony Awards, and your beloved Bruce was um, – was on the tony's and yes, um a month from today i believe exactly you will be today. in his presence correct july 13th I will, I will be on uh the right orchestra uh
0: row r i think or row s i forget which one. one oh my gosh
1: very exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. I haven't seen the last time I saw him in a venue
0: that was small was back in the 70s. Oh my in Maine, gosh. Pennsylvania. So we know how tiny
1: that is. It was and awesome. he was so wild and beautiful in the 70s. Wasn't God. he just such a spirit? Oh my God. I
0: He was. And I remember I met him one day at an old boyfriend's house because this guy had a Limo car service. That would usher rock stars and um, you know people around like that. And he, I was actually at the apartment one day, and he and my boyfriend's roommate, and he came in, and I was just for a minute, and I'm like, oh god, I know who this is. And he's like, hello, and it was very cool, very you know, very shy, and uh, you know, I, I'm like, oh hi, how are you doing? And I'm, I took, gave him my name and. You know, that was you know basically because then he and Gary left the left the apartment. But very scruffy looking, fun type of Jersey Beach kid. So yep. Yeah. So I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't.
1: Wait. Uh, it's so great. And, uh, I so- can't believe we're in like mid June. I'm kind of in denial. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> like. I, I think probably because the weather's been so odd here, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's been warm then it was so cold and rainy and rainy and rainy and then it gets warm and then it gets cold and it's just a, a mix, a, a real mix mash, mm-hmm. you know. And I know you actually, it hasn't affected us here in central Pennsylvania, but I know on both sides of our state, there was... Massive flooding going on last weekend.
0: I was okay at my house. The street, part of the, the expressway, was, was flooded. The, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the storm drains got clogged up or something. And oh gosh! The expressway in both directions because of it. No,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, well, I haven't. I haven't been too bad where I am. Um, but yeah, That's good. certain areas. I mean, uh, KK had it really bad
1: this week. That's, That's what, what I saw day. too. And I see Betty says that she needs your book, Pam. And she was listening to Christmas music last night. (laughs) You mean you haven't been listening to it before? (laughs) I always love Betty. I love the fact you listen to your Christmas music. It makes me happy. So it just cracks me up. I love it.
0: In my house, we would stop when I was growing up. We would stop the Christmas music for about a week in January.
1: Mm-hmm. And then it
0: started up again. <laughs> My mother I love loved it. Christmas
1: music. So. I love it. Well, who knows what Christmas will bring this year? I'm very excited um, with possible books and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever other news that we have coming from SR.
0: I mean, we've got, we're, in, we're in a six-week countdown now between now and the end of July, because he said June, July.
1: Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. So, Bless
0: if you're listening.
1: <laughs>
0: we're waiting anxiously.
1: Yes. <laughs> it will be worth the wait. Betty says she usually takes a break in the spring, and then by July or August, she listens to her Christmas playlist. I well, love and, it. That's right. And in
0: July, in the mid July, Hallmark Channel does their keepsake Christmas that's, keepsake thing.
1: That's they start right. Doing Christmas music.
0: Christmas
1: movies. I love it. Oh my gosh.
0: So, anyway, so we are back, and as you know, we've been, um, you know, we were away for a month, so the last time we were talking about any of the chapters, chapter 13, because we had Jennifer on our last podcast for uh, Chaos, we've been uh, going through all the kinds of crazy stuff with poor Akasia and her boss, and... She gets a phone, she, you know, they're at the Locks Bridge and she's throwing coins in the Seine and what have you. And uh, she gets a phone call for a job interview and she goes in and she starts filling out information and then Madam Bishop says, we have someone here who would like to speak with you. And uh, she's like, okay, fine. So she walks in with them, and there's a man standing in a window and he turns around and who is it but Nicholas
1: Kusserber. Dun, dun dun dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. dun, And then we <laughs> left you hanging for a month before we yes, talked that's right. you talked the know, next chapter. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm we... sorry about that for last week, by the way. That was a scheduling snafu. It yes, Betty says that scene reminded her of Christian Grey. Definitely. Mm-hmm. The whole staring out the window See, you know scene you know just reminded me of that mm-hmm. yeah the, uh, you know just uh, come in sit down not even looking at, at the person who he's talking to just yet exactly although i think, and, although I think he knew it was her like that's just fine yeah like, so. and as she said thank god Akasia didn't trip and fall mm. <laughs> cassia is too quick on her feet for that She's not the so, the awkward, nervous uh, Anna. Acacia, so Acacia is a, a more solid, strong, uh, spry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. woman. Nice. She's, She's a grown-up. She
0: practices martial arts. She does really well.
1: Mm-hmm. And and Joni says she was waiting for Nicholas to show up in the book, and she loved that. Yeah, I me know. Me too, Joni. I loved the whole uh, the whole reveal. I just thought that was, it was brilliant. I was, you know, I saw I never disappoints. No, he
0: doesn't. But what really got me is when I first started reading the book, I'm like, who in the hell is this Pierre Breckman? I know.
1: I know, right? I,
0: and I didn't want to, you know, it's one of those things where I wanted to find out, but at the same time, I didn't want to go thumbing through the head of the story to find out either, so.
1: Right, It was a nice right.
0: surprise. It was a nice surprise. So.
1: It definitely was. It definitely was. And as I was preparing for the podcast, of course, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll read chapter 14. But then, of course, I had to read 15, 16, 17, 18, and nine. Like, I just, you know, the, at this point in the book, it really just starts to roll, and I just did not want to stop. I know. But then I had to. I so, but then I had to.
0: Life, life is, is short. That's, that's, that's the big problem.
1: This is true. This so, is true.
0: Anyway, we have some announcements. Um, Gabriel's Inferno Fan Podcast uh, is taking this week off for Father's Day. And they'll be back the following week, which
1: is... Uh, the 24th. 20th, Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm my father's birthday very nice Mm -hmm. yeah and that will be uh they'll be
0: starting chapter four which is exciting
1: I know I love that book I I love it it. love it love it I know I me too uh I got to I have to be I have to listen to that podcast I'm sorry I missed you last week
0: it was fun we had a good time a lot of laughs a lot of laughs um, the next uh, Trilogia de Gabriel is on uh, uh, Saturdays at 3 p.m. Mexico time, and they're working on El Ecstasis de Gabriel. And Noites Influencia uh, is doing O Judgmento de Gabriel, and they're on a bit of a break last right now, so just keep a watch out for them. Asar has decided that he is not writing a novella to Gabriel he's writing book four of the Gabriel series yay which is exciting (laughs) and as I mentioned before we've got six weeks um we got great news for international readers of the man in the black suit and the Florentine series he said that more it's going to be more than one language group that's going to be very happy and also keep a lookout and that there should be great
1: news coming June July and goodness sooner.
0: His oh. works. So the, uh, there's great news. Or the, Make sure you uh, are involved in SR's Fox Den on Facebook and have signed up for SR's new le- newsletter at com. and uh, it's right down at the bottom of the page and you can hook up to
1: it. I love it. Uh-huh. Yes, and Betty was saying uh, regarding the podcast that you guys laughed a lot and that Papa Richard needs to meet Pam. <laughs> we need to set them up on a blind date. And I agreed and said that Pam could meet him in Seelins Grove. And hey, you know, yesterday, yes, Betty, I'm glad you mentioned this because I, I did um, I did see, although I haven't read it yet, um, yesterday there was a special outtake for The Man in the Black Suit. In honor of the Brazilian holiday, uh, if I'm correct in my recollection. So, check out the special outtake. Yes, uh, I know, was, was it for the Brazilian holiday?
0: Yeah, the Brazilian Valentine's Day.
1: Mm hmm. Okay. So, lots of love. Mm. And Betty said she read it. It was so sweet. It
0: was so good. It was good. I enjoyed reading
1: it. It always is good with SR.
0: Yeah, he's so sensual when he writes.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, well, it- I, I totally I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think that's why, you know, he's very very much a poet. He has that poetic soul. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm l- laughing because Betty said, Nicholas keeps winning my heart. Paul is in trouble. Uh-oh. I won't say anything to boss. I don't know. We might need to tell SR. This might change the storyline of his book four. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. You never know. I know. You never know. Oh my goodness. Well, speaking of Nicholas, as we begin chapter fourteen, uh, very very surprised, Acacia once to leave and she puts her hand on the door handle when she realizes realizes who she is in the room with. Um she and of course Monsieur Breckman stood by the windows asking just for a moment of her time and you know she thinks he's stalking her. And he said, far from it and he's trying to get her to have a seat. Um and she's trying she's demanding to know who he is. And Nicholas Cassera is his reply. And she still doesn't believe him. I mean, I can't blame her, though. I mean, she met him under a different name, a different look, uh-huh, um, yeah. and a different personality. and um, yeah, he was
0: kind of uh, gruff with that one.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, hes he was... When I read this, I really felt he was sincere. I wasn't feeling like he was playing around you know he he was saying you know we've gotten off on the wrong foot and he deeply regretted it Um, he tells her that he still has his scar that it's just covered and you know she wants to know why did you change your name and your appearance and he said he would explain in a minute Um, he more or less says he just covers it on occasion and she One of the things he wanted to do is explain about the gratuity. And he said, you know, essentially, the money was not intended to be a bribe, which is what she thought, but but truly as a gratuity, um, as a reward for excellent service. And, you know, Acacia at this point is pretty defensive and is like, wrongs can't be rectified by money. And, you know, he agreed, but he was also not there to give the gratuity, but to just offer an explanation. Um, you know, and she she was pretty hostile. She was like, I'd rather stand. Um, he did, she didn't want to sit down. And she was very, very, you know, very, um, I think she was suspicious. She was being cautious. Mm-hmm. And she was, I think, I think truly thrown off by seeing him there because she had these high hopes for this being a great job interview. That's true. And I think she was shocked.
0: And to see him there. And hey. Betty was saying, first of all, she says, Paul's been missing so long. I wonder if he'll show up in, in redemption. And then uh, Nicholas's proposition is different than Christian Gray's. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Although then- I wouldn't mind Christian's proposition by Nicholas. <laughs> So that would be interesting yeah, It would be that'd be an interesting that would be an interesting fan fiction right there
0: <laughs> I would be different yes And then uh, he can uh, uh, wanted to see why we can see why Acacia very suspicious. Yes yes So he, dec- he decides he's going to tell her what's going on sure he's very calmly saying well you knew Mm -hmm. my family owns a number of corporations and he over he does oversight work for them um then a few years ago he decided to devote his time to recovering stolen art you know and i'm sure she's sitting there is it getting deeper in here or what Mm -hmm. maybe she should put some hip waders on (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: and, and that got to her and she um and she knew it would because of the stolen art aspect and uh, because of the black market he assumed different ids this way he could you know go in and out whatever wherever he also held diplomatic passports in different names and has the support of many governments which is really cool uh so when asked why he tells acacia that the goal is to return as much to the rightful owners as possible now, this is where I think, you know, she's really smart. Are you a mm-hmm. spy? Mm-hmm. You know, I think of James Bond.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like we have Superman in a suit while she's James Bond in a
1: suit. <laughs> so. In a black suit. hmm <laughs> A bespoke black suit. So exactly. Anyway, so, so
0: he inhabits the corporate world, but he dabbles in the black market and art and antiquities. So... He does consider himself Robin Hood in a suit, and Cassie
1: uh, Which and, I love that line. I thought that was clever.
0: Is, you put, um, set him up as uh, Clark Kent, and you know, somewhere along the line. So, anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, Kasi asked if he knew about the theft at the Uffizi. Now, this is what I think is so cool, because SR starts weaving in different people into yes. the, the story. Um, it was a collection of uh, Dante's, the Divine Comedy illustrations. And was he involved in that? And he said, no, but, you know, she had, her, you know, he had heard about it and that his family originally sold the art to the Emerson's.
1: Now, did you think that when you first, at the beginning of the book when it was set in Switzerland, did you think that? No, I didn't. I actually was thinking, I wonder if, that was where they got the... I, I actually thought about if that was where they had the the art had been that the Emersons owned on the Divine Comedy. It, to be honest with you, I didn't put two and two together until later on. I actually... I, I, I guess because it was Switzerland. I think that was... And Switzerland and an art gallery, and it was a family art gallery. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing. But I think also because, you know, now we're... You know, we always look for things, right? So I think I was kind of looking for where is this Switzerland connection and would would there be something in this new book that would harken back to one of the others? Yeah, I know it
0: surprised Betty. So it's sort of like the Easter egg.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. So, um, But Cassie reminded him that Robin Hood had been captured by the sheriff of Nottingham. (laughs) <laughs> and Nicholas told her that he had powerful friends and that the BRB knew he was on the trail of an art dealer. And Marcel had been the contact with the art dealer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had been attacked before he could get any information. So, I, you know, no wonder he was let go by the BRB as quickly as he was, which kind of, you know, it sounds like Acacia's boyfriend, uh, old boyfriend, Luke, didn't. Realized that they were one and the same people.
1: Exactly, and Betty had said uh, that surprised her about the Emersons' collection, and she said, "Now we know that the boss never puts anything in the book by accident."
0: I, you know, Very I, true.
1: I, it's true, but you know what? It, it cracks me up
0: because supposedly, you know, he wrote the Gabriel series as fan fiction on 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 the fan fiction site, the Twilight. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yet, he's also said that he wrote the Florentine series before he wrote the Gabriel series. You know, but he didn't bring the Florentine series out until later. Mm-hmm. And so, where was where does the black suit all fit into this?
1: Although well, and I'm wondering, though, if he did, if... He probably had the idea for it, maybe the setting or maybe having... You know, now he can look for ways to place things, you know. I wonder if he has one of those big boards that has, like, the different storylines and the different plot lines, kind of like they do with the investigations. He
0: says he has has file folders. Mm Mm-hmm. It's very possible. One never knows. He has has a book of 300
1: suggestions to write. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. Anyhow.
0: So, in in case Acacia didn't know, uh, he had been so involved. And those connections ran through the black market, meaning Marcel. And Mm -hmm. uh, he told her that Marcel originally wasn't going to help him. But he had requested a special artifact. And then he came back and said, I may have a contact.
1: Mm -hmm. And I loved loved the fact that Acacia said... Did you ask him for a relic? (laughs) (laughs) And he laughed and said no. And Marcel was still in a coma at this time. um, Which, uh, you know, I think, deeply troubled both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, Betty, I agree. The boss is always thinking outside the box. Very true. Um, And, you know, uh, Nicholas had... um, said that that he was trying to find out who attacked Marcel and warned Acacia that uh, Marcel had actually been procuring goods for years and that he was fairly certain Monsieur Roy was probably in on it and took a commission. And, you know, I, I thought this was very telling, that because of these activities, Monsieur Roy's animosity towards her, Um, suggests that he sees her as a threat, and that would make her a target. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, Betty had commented that all the characters are interacting even when they are not mentioned in any of the chapters, and I agree with that. That's true. Um, You know, Acacia doesn't believe herself to be a target, but Nicholas told her that she had integrity, plus a friend in the BRB, and that the manager would not want... um, their kind of scrutiny and that he probably would try to be getting rid of Acacia to get her away, um, from his, you know, his, his illicit activities. And, you know, at this point she was really discouraged saying that there's nothing she could do to keep her job then at this point. Um,
0: I felt bad for her to-
1: I did, too, because, I mean, she does not want to leave France. She loves her job. She's very proud to be a concierge. She's worked very hard to establish her relationships. And, I, you know, I think she was really um, discouraged. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was, again, this shows the kindness of Nicholas. And he guided her to a chair. She finally did sit down. He got her a bottle of sparkling water and presented her with a glass for her to kind of just take a minute. And uh, he was trying to comfort her. You know, she her mind was racing, and you know, she said, "I just had no idea about any of this." Um, And he he didn't think she knew. You know, this is why he was raising it with her and. You know she said, if law enforcement ever investigated the victoire and made arrest, her reputation would be ruined, and no one would hire her. And you know as as it was, um, and as Betty mentioned, she's about to lose her job for being honest and decent, and poor Acacia, and I agree mm-hmm. and and Joni said, yes, the kindless kindness of Nicholas' yep. very true. yeah, we love we do love him. um. And, you know, Nicholas, more or less, is coming to the rescue and said, you know, this is why I'm here. Um, And, you know, Acacia was very clear that she does not need rescuing. And, you know, he pulled up a chair to talk, and he was very open that he has an executive assistant who is unable to travel. Um, He needs someone who can speak several languages who could travel with him, Um, and who could help with local arrangements and you know Acacia kind of dismisses this and said there are many potential people um, who are executive assistants who could fill the job and Nicholas says I don't want them I want you mm-hmm. and as Betty says Nicholas's little test cost Ata- Acacia her job
0: Yeah, and she's 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 aware of it because she's been she's very skeptical exactly he assures her that her concierge experience, uh, and the fact that she can speak so many languages, and that she's got that art uh, background and from school, that uh, that's exactly what would work for him. But um, she's curious as to why she he went through Madame Bishop as opposed to just talking to her directly. And uh, he assured her that that the employment agency K O H was a respected agency and he was not luring him and madame bishop assured that all the contacts are open and above board and all the paperwork is where it should be so that you know it's a legitimate job interview
1: exactly
0: and uh you know as far as him he goes you can contact any of of his own uh uh references like the minister of interior uh, she was like, huh? I was like "What?" <laughs> he says, "Yes, he could, she, he could vouch for her, for him," and it was reminded her of a comment that she had made regarding the Degas that was stolen, and that uh, has since been recovered. And he was actually very involved in that and uh, in the recovery, so you know he can offer the contract through for this job uh, through one of her Paris companies and it would have great salary and great benefits. Wouldn't we
1: all like that all the time? I know. I was going to say, you know, at this point, I know, I know he rubbed her the wrong way, but man, if I don't know, I was thinking if I was in that spot at this point, after hearing about how much danger I was in uh, Mm -hmm. at the Victoire, I'd be like, this sounds fascinating. Thank yeah. you very much. Mm-hmm. I will try it out. You know. Yeah, definitely. But, Get to but I, you know, I she was really resistant. Um, she really, really resisted him. Um,
0: Nick, Nicholas, Betty says Nicholas will probably say anything just to make up for his mistake and for Cassia's forgiveness. And Joni is. She's like, I love the effort. His effort. It's, he is her hero.
1: I agree, Joni. Yes.
0: So the contract that he's offering, he said it would be for a year, and that, but he would also be able to expedite an EU, EU blue card. And she can live in the EU indefinitely, and KLH would be able to find her employment after their year is up. Now, I looked up a, a, what an EU blue card was because I wasn't sure about it. It turns out mm-hmm. it's very similar to a green card when you come into the United States. Um, but for France... You must have a one year employment contract, a salary of at least one and a half times the average salary of 53,836 mm. uh, and 50 euro, a university oh. degree, and, uh, or specialized three years of study. Or you can prove your qualifications of at least five years of relevant work experience.
1: Mm, sign me up for an EU blue card. Yeah, really. <laughs> this is only the French
0: portion I think I, each, I think each country has their own specifications but uh, she says you can apply at the French consulate at your country of origin or you can uh, as well as applying for a long term visa and there, the exemptions are residing legally in France with another resident permit or have an EU blue card issued by another EU country where you have lived for uh, another 18 months uh, then you can go to the prefecture of your uh, place of reverence, and that's like um, the uh, police station or uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: precinct that you're in, police pre- precinct. And uh, within a month of your arrival in France, and then immigration will check on employment and keep going back and forth like that. So, yeah, it's pretty much like a like a green card.
1: Mm-hmm. I think there are, I
0: don't know the full requirements for a green card, but, it, you know.
1: Well, who knows, I I think it would be pretty difficult to obtain one now, but I don't know. I'm not sure, um, because I know, I think it depends on the type of work you're doing, um, the available jobs, I I think there's a lot of different things that come into play.
0: Well, you know, Um,
1: a job I had, um,
0: we had a lot of uh, programmers that came from India.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I know, I remember we would have to forward a lot of paperwork to, to immigration and, uh, back and forth about, you know, for their their positions. And then there's, this, I remember this one guy, Ravi, who, who got married. Mm-hmm. He, he had an, actually had an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. And he went back to India for a month, married this woman. And then... He came back after the month, but she wasn't allowed to come back for a number of a number of months. Oh wow! So they were separated for a few months. until she, yeah. could, she could come.
1: Uh, it's not unusual. That doesn't surprise me. I I worked with uh. He was so he was so much fun to work with. I I, I miss seeing him. Um, also from India, he was a um, expert in finance. And he, young guy, really, really, really incredibly smart, uh, had been re- had been recently married as well. His wife was consulting in Australia. He was consulting in the U.S. And they were so thrilled when they finally both got positions in Boston. Because it was the first time they were living together mm-hmm. um, in one place. I think they had been married maybe two years before they actually were living in the same city. Um, Yeah, it was, but, and that's, that's the life of, um, of international business though, you know, they, it's really, um, you know, you gotta love what you do, but I have to say Ram did it right because like I said, he was a young guy. He would take projects. So he, he was a contractor. He wasn't working for any one particular company. Mm-hmm. And he would take projects that had different amounts of time, uh, finish the project, go back and be with his wife for a couple months. And then, you know, when they got to a certain amount of money, he would sign up for another project. And so he would take, do a project by project basis mm-hmm. and have downtime for you know, a month, two months, three months and then go back and work again. Like, so I was thinking for a young guy, he kind of had it really figured out and Mm -hmm. especially, you know, before they started a family or anything like that, it really allowed them for some really fun flexibility. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's interesting the life of the international, uh, yeah, contractor. Well, I know, I know,
0: I know that in, um, uh, Canada, it's uh, coming. You have to show all kinds of uh, stuff, like the ability to have a job, a good job, and mm-hmm. uh, you really have to show your skills. And it can take like seven years. I believe it become a citizen. Uh, well, I think England is somewhat similar. I, a lot of the countries will demand that you have you know,
1: money in the bank and Mm -hmm. a job. Well, even for my daughter on a student visa to stay longer than 90 days in Greece, we had a lot of attestations to get her visa. I mean, we had to say, you know, she had to show that there was going to be, since she was a student, the parents had to show there was a sufficient amount of income, sufficient amount of insurance, uh, um, assurances that she was not going to be working there not taking jobs away from the Greek people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a lot of paperwork to get the approval for her to stay a couple weeks after her, yeah, um, her student visa. Was her that? student, yeah. Her her. Uh, they have a an agreement now with many countries called the Schengen Agreement, mm-hmm. um, and you can stay for ninety days in any of those participating countries. But um, after ninety days, you have to leave, or you could. It has to be a total. So you could be in a shangren country, go to another one, come back, and it just is a tally of 90 days. So, I mean, the Greek embassy was wonderful to work with. They were very helpful on making sure we got all the papers um, and all the documents in order. I'm very thankful for them. Um, But it's not always an easy process. I mean, sometimes people think you can just go and do this at the last minute, and you have to do a little research. So... You know, and, um, you know, getting back to the story, though, you know, Acacia, ha- with the prospect of having a blue, e- an EU blue card, um, you know, it's it's really phenomenal offer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Acacia felt this was an incredibly generous offer, Um but she said they had not known each other very long and that a lot of the time that they did know each other, it was unpleasant. And uh, Nicholas apologized um, for his unpleasantness. And he was very intense. He looked at her with intensity as, she told, as he told her this. And he said even in the, cha- the face of such challenges, um, she, show- she exhibited several qualities that he admired. Honesty integrity civic duty and uh betty had commented that she would have taken the job too oh, and sure. uh <laughs> yeah she she, she would I, hey a chance to work with nicholas i, I it that goes without saying right um, but you know she i think the fact that he was being so honest with her um you know, caught her off guard and she mm-hmm. was tempted to offer sarcasm, but his, his expression was incredibly earnest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so she just kind of questioned him. She said, you made two really crazy demands, um, getting a bespoke black suit in hours and tracking down a relic. And, you know, she said, I'm, I'm not sure I want to work for a person who treats his staff that way. Um, Nicholas had said, you know, I wasn't sure that I could trust you. And, you know, I, I know he was being honest, which was good, but I think that was probably not the right thing to say to her because it kind of, you know, waved the flag and, um, you know, he didn't know how involved she was with Marcel's activities. He was trying to find out if he could trust her. Um, and then he said, uh, you know, Acacia's ask asked, then those tasks were actually a test. And, uh, you know, the fact that she called the BRB impressed him and actually showed her integrity and her honesty to him. Um, so even though Acacia passed his test, she really did not like being a test, uh, test subject. And, uh, you know, she she kind of continued to um challenge him and said is that why you threaten me when I mentioned meeting Marcel uh the meeting that he had set up and uh is it because she was so impressive and uh you know, Nic- Nicholas that was who was feeling pretty good about things. Kind of just, you know, you could see his face drop a bit, and mm-hmm. um, he was like, "I was worried you'd get hurt." And uh, she was, she called him out. She said, "You know, the only two people who had hurt me was you and your Roy." And uh, mentioning the manager again got Nicholas's um, Nicholas pretty. Upset, And he he more or less called Roy a snake. And she said, you're such a person of integrity working in the viper pit. And that he was trying to offer her an opportunity to get out of that bad situation. Um, You know, she, he, I think, and I think Nicholas was surprised by her response. Because he's thinking, I'm offering her an opportunity to work at returning stolen art to the great galleries of Europe. He knew she loved art. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity. She's in a very dangerous situation now. She needs to get out. And you know, he um, really thought he was doing her a, a kindness. And yeah, as and Betty actually says, Acacia has a point there. Nicholas was a bit rude, and if he were like that all the time, I would think twice. You know, and I, you know, and
0: I'm reading that, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, she's. I can see she's still not trusting this guy, and mm-hmm. he seems still to be like, oh, well, here I am, and this is what I am, and, and uh, you know, trust me. And she doesn't. She can't, because she's got two different personalities dealing with now.
1: Right. And right.
0: trying to figure it out.
1: So I can well, see and, her point of being a little bit uh, gun shy about getting into it. At all. Right. Right. And she doesn't know him well, and they, they both admitted that they don't know each other well. And, you know, so she said, what if I don't like working for you? And he said, well, in that case, you can quit. Just give proper notice. And, you know, it's not like she's an indentured servant. And uh, he, I love that line, line too. Um, You can quit at any time, you know, but he believes that they could work well together. And, you know, again, he raises the issue. Certainly, it's going to be more secure than working at the hotel. Mm-hmm. And um, as Betty said, Acacia doesn't have many options right now. Nicholas's job offer is the best option. And I agree with you, Betty. I completely agree. And um, really, and she said, wouldn't I just be leaping from the frying pan into the fire? You know, I'm not sure who this Nicholas Casare is. And I'm assuming that's your actual name. And your work is really dangerous. And he assured her that he did not take risks and he wasn't a thief. Um, and he explained that money usually exchanges hands in this transaction, which is why he's been successful. Um, he has an excellent security team and they would protect her as well. You know, he, Acacia was unconvinced, uh, but he continued to you know, to press her. And he said, look, you know, there's risk in everything. Uh, Currently, you're in a position to choose what happens to you before someone like Roy takes the choice out of your hands. And I think that really is kind of the crux of it right there. Now she has a choice. She could do, she can choose to go. She could choose to stay. But she still could do something uh, of her own volition. Um, but, you know, I think his his actions as Breckman really still disturbed her. So she more or less picked up her briefcase, thanked him for his offer, but said she just could not accept it. She said he tested her for his own amusement, and as a result of the test, she was demoted, and her career was in jeopardy. She needed to find a job as soon as possible, and hopefully one where her Employer doesn't treat her like a lab rat.
0: I thought that was a hysterical line.
1: I thought that was really, I I could see her being really indignant, saying that, mm-hmm. and you know. But I, when she she, I still think at that point, I when I was reading this for the first time, I thought, I don't, I didn't think he was finding any joy in testing her. I I didn't feel like. I felt like he was being so earnest in this conversation that I would have. I think I I'm putting myself in her shoes and I, I feel like I would have gone with him at that point. So, um, but she's, she's wise to be, um, suspicious mm-hmm. of circumstances. Um, and as we continue to read the book, we understand more about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, as Betty says, out, it was a brilliant line, though, and I, I commend Sr for writing it. Um, and as he, you know, as he continued to write, something flared in his eyes. Um, he reminded her that he she had signed a confidentiality agreement and made sure that she was not to speak with anybody about this. And Acacia said she understood that and said goodbye. Nicholas did not reply and Acacia felt his eyes on her as she walked to the door. Mm-hmm. Hmm. End of chapter. Ah, oh, I'm telling you when she walked out the door I kept thinking don't do it. I, know. I kept and I kept thinking is he going to run after her? Is she going to turn around? You know cuz it ends as she's leaving and you know so Is she going to change her mind? Is Madame going to say something to her to make her think twice? Like, I was really curious. It was a good kind of cliffhanger end of the chapter. He's very good at doing those cliffhanger chapters. (laughs) Yes, he is. He really is. But Um, I I, I love this chapter. Um, I thought the dialogue was really strong here. I thought their interaction was really strong. Um, I it really was very engaging and it's it it's interesting because you kind of got a, you finally kind of learned some of the pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's not this really Braxton. This is what he's doing. This is this is, you know, his network and wow, he's already helped recover stolen art. And he knows the interior, the secretary, the minister of the interior. And, yeah. Yeah. Johnny says, I do love how SRNs his chapters. Uh, mm-hmm. Agreed. The drama that he says. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, I once asked him if when he's writing, does he set the chapters out for himself or do they, or how does that, is that mm-hmm. done like, by your editor? And he said, uh, Oh, I do it by you know. I do it. So, I mean, I'm sure the editor will make suggestions on certain things, but he he he's really good at ending those chapters.
1: Oh, he really is. It, it, it you know, and the the ending of this one reminded me of some of the ending of the some of the chapters, the way the chapters ended in um, Florentine series. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like one of those real uh, open ended. It could go either way. Um, very strong ending after a very strong discussion. Yeah, it's just it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. It is good stuff. Yeah, I can't wait for chapter fifteen. I know. Of course, you know I couldn't wait, so I had to read it again this morning when I was preparing <laughs> for this podcast. But yeah, I you know it's so funny. I I I love these books so much. I do come back and I i do reread them and i'm actually thinking i'm going to start rereading this one again um although i'm in the thralls of chaos so i finished chaos um early this morning i have to tell jen how much i loved it and i actually might reread constellation and chaos again because i love them so much but i i can't decide because there's a lot of other books i need to be reading as well um as Betty says, he loves teasing us. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, listen to the man in the black suit again on the audiobook. Maybe I, I'll do that. I, I did that.
0: Um, the nice thing about my drives to New York, at least two of my rides, back or forth, uh, I can listen to books for a couple of hours. And when I get stuck in traffic in Brooklyn for four hours at a time, it, it really helps pass the time. Although, I did have a little problem this week with that.
1: Uh-oh. What happened? Well, I was happened?
0: listening to Black Man on the Box, I was listening to something else. And all of a sudden, I'm on the BQE going through uh, the Williamsburg section of Brooklyn. And my mm-hmm. head started nodding, and I was like, Oh. Shit! I've got to get myself awake here, so I turn the book off, open up uh, all the windows, mm-hmm. and because there's no place to pull over on those roads.
1: Yeah, I I know, and actually I I know the stretch you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you don't have an option. <laughs> no. There is no option at I that point. No option until I got into Staten Island, and even
0: then I just I said, you know, just let me get to the to, guard, to the uh, Turnpike and to the rest area, and then I'll be fine.
1: Oh, my gosh. I
0: had, I had a bottle of water with me, so that was a help. And uh, like I said, I had the windows open and the, the, over at the sea, the, the sunroof open. So
1: lots oh, of good. airflow. Yeah, so. yeah, that helps. That really mm-hmm. does. So, so I, I had checked. We didn't have any affirmations this week, but I would definitely like to share one that I'm just very thankful for the community of sr fans because i realized as i've been in communicado for several weeks and um when i was traveling i was not on social media at all i really stayed off of technology as much as i could and um i did miss all of my friends um on twitter uh who are fans and this is the this is the the You know this is what I'm really thankful for I'm thankful for the community so um, with a heartfelt thanks I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast and who also participates and uh, chats on all the different platforms because I learn a lot from everybody and I really am thankful for SR for writing to bring and for bringing us all all together yeah
0: that's very that's great Good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Special. And I'm looking forward to next, I'm looking forward to talking next week about yes. chapter 15. Mm-hmm. And I know we'll have to plan then our next Friday, Friday night, yeah. um, w- the date for that. So we already did, we did our June one a little early. So I don't know if we want to think about July or we can think about later in June. We can talk about it.
0: We'll talk about that offline
1: yes okay
0: so anyway ladies it's been great um i'm I'm so glad we could get get this back together again tonight and uh we will see you all next week so uh for your listening pleasure we are listening to miles davis and it's miles runs the voodoo down so we hope you have all, all have a good week and we'll see you again next week